from NPR and WNYC, coming to you from beautiful Brooklyn, New York. It's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Cole. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, too. How's, how, how are things going? Well, I got to say that uh, it's nice to talk to you because I feel like in my house we kind of We've run out of things to say to each other <laughs> at this yeah. point. I know some... the feeling. We're all in the same <laughs> small space together over and over again, and nothing uh, nothing really changes. And we, yeah. if it does, we all see it happen. So there's not <laughs> not too much opportunity to catch each other up on anything. Yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting. I mean, most of the conversations I have with uh, my husband are... You know, they're just sort of like, hey, we got to eat that cauliflower before it rots. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> the a little, lot of that. <laughs> the little conversations that bind a, bind a marriage together. It's a, <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Yes. Yeah. You know, because it's in my house, it's my husband and my five-year-old. And when my husband and I, you know, put the kid to bed and there we are at night hanging out, uh, you know, we've, we've run out of uh, stories to tell each other about our yeah. lives that are new. Right. There's an initial period of the relationship where you're like, oh my gosh, I never told you the story about this. And then once you've worked through all of those over the many years that you've been together, then you just have to pretend for each other's benefit that you have not heard that story before or pretend right. that you definitely want to hear it again because you right. never tire of hearing it. <laughs> but you're sort of like you get in this mode where you're like, here's my top 20 and, uh, you know, I'm going to roll through them. Right, it's like, a stand -up, it's like a stand-up set, right? You just <laughs> yeah. got, let's see what else, yeah. what else, My what else do we have here? Oh, Jonathan totally has a set list. And sometimes when he tells a story, at the end of it, I'll be like, okay, you know what? That was um, that was actually a slice of life or an anecdote. I wouldn't actually call it a story <laughs> because I feel like you did not learn anything at the end. <laughs> <laughs> right, a little, that's a little moth-related moth criticism. Well, Afira, I don't, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but I am a little worried that you and I are about to run out of things to talk about. Maybe we should just start this show. Absolutely. This show definitely has a beginning, middle, and end. And the story begins <laughs> now. Joining us today is comedian Michelle Buteau. We'll chat with her about her new book, Survival of the Thickest, and hosting the Netflix reality show, The Circle. Plus, the filmmakers behind the Showtime docuseries Love Fraud, Rachel Grady and Heidi Ewing experience America's favorite game show, Is It a Lizard? But first, we have the hosts of the You're Wrong About podcast, so let's play some games. Our first two contestants host the podcast You're Wrong About. Michael Hobbs, Sarah Marshall, hello. 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 Your pod, You're Wrong About podcast is talking about debunking stories, urban legends, cultural figures, mm -hmm. uh, things that uh, were huge in the tabloids and going through it and trying to figure out, you know, the truth or at least what influenced the story mm -hmm. uh, as as we get to the truth. So from your listeners, have there been any of the stories that you've talked about that your listeners have freaked out the most about? One of the ones that our listeners cannot get over, which I was not expecting at all, is that one of the fun facts from when we did our Challenger explosion episode mm. was that the Challenger did not technically explode. It was like a jet of burning fuel that sort of popped out of the shuttle and it didn't make a sound. And so all of the broadcast networks that broadcast it, they added the sound of an explosion in post. We still get emails about that. Like, I cannot believe that they piped in the sound. Like, people are weirdly, like, offended by that, which I find really I'm, interesting. I'm still offended by it. I mean, it's, yes. it's very overt. It's like the <laughs> yeah. news admitting, like, yeah, this is it's an action movie. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you right? want. All right, we have uh, we have a couple of fun quizzes for you. Are you guys ready to play some games? Absolutely not. Oh, I'm yeah. terrified. <laughs> okay, no, no, don't be terrified. So you're competing. You'll take turns answering questions. Your first game is called A Whale of a Quiz. Uh, you're in for a treat because we have a special guest with us to ask the questions. He's a real blue whale, and his name is Jonathan Krilton. Jonathan <laughs> Krilton, welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you so much for having me. Big okay. fan. Very nice to meet you, Sarah and Mike. 
It's nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Are you comfortable? Not really. I, I'm much more comfortable when I'm in the water. So yeah. maybe we can make this quick. So let's go. Michael, this first one is for you. All right. As a blue whale, I weigh about about 200 tons. So the question is, how heavy do you think my heart is? Okay, oh. so how, how heavy is a blue whale's heart? Is it as heavy as two sea otters on a Vespa? As heavy as a school bus filled with dolphins? Or actually the same as the heavy heart of a human who just suffered a breakup? <laughs> These are all very esoteric. I like it. Uh, I'm going to say school bus. As heavy as a school bus filled with dolphins? Yes. Good guess. But it was actually oh. as heavy as two sea otters on a Vespa. According to National Geographic, a blue whale's heart was thought to weigh as much as a car. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, but, within the last few years, scientists recently found that it's not that big. It's around 400 oh. pounds. 400 pounds, which is roughly the weight of two sea otters on a Vespa. Vespa being about 250 pounds, depending on the model. And the sea otters can weigh about 40 to 100 pounds. I will mention that the sea otters in this example were not wearing helmets. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to check you about that. All right. Sarah, Sarah. this one is for you. Go go ahead, Ophira. (laughs) No, no, Blue Whale. Jonathan Krilton, you get in there. No, I can barely see the script because my eyes don't work in the air. (laughs) Can you say I want to play a game and then ask the question? Sure. (laughs) Sarah, Mm -hmm. I want to play a game. Mm. Okay, let's do it. Whale trivia. So I have a friend. His name is Humphrey. He's a humpback whale. And he's always migrating back and forth from the southern hemisphere to Antarctica. And he recently showed me a, a photo slideshow from his last migration, which, to be honest, was a little boring. But what did these humpback whales do most of the time during that migration? Okay, so what do humpback whales do while they migrate? Do they, A, live off fat and don't eat until they get to Antarctica, where mm. then they feast on krill? B, post way too many Instagram stories of the water? Or C, the babies and the parents take turns leading the group. Well, the third one sounds the most implausible, so I'm going to say that one. Oh, interesting. It is totally implausible because the answer is A. Oh, <laughs> they well. live oh. off. They live. <laughs> yeah, they just live off fat and don't eat until they get to Antarctica, cool. and then they go crazy. It's sort of like intermittent fasting, I think. It's actually. like if you're driving to Vegas and then you go to a big shrimp buffet. You don't want to spoil your appetite on the way there. Yeah. That's I have right. to say it's a it's a good time. You're starving and then that first huge mouthful of grill is just amazing. I bet. <laughs> Michael, this one's for you. My good buddy the sperm whale is embarrassed about something other than the fact that she's called a sperm whale, which is embarrassing <laughs> enough. What is it? Is it that A, her blowhole is off-center, B, she can only eat with her eyes closed, or C, she used to date Moby Dick? Oh, uh, I think you're just going to say she used to date Moby, which is equally embarrassing. Um, I think um, I'm going to say blowhole off-center. Yes, that is right. Nice, yeah. All right, your turn, Sarah. So my best friend is a killer whale. And his name is Willie. He's not, I should say, he's not the same Willie from the movie Free Willie, different Willie. He prefers to be called an orca. Why do you think that is? Okay, is it because orcas are A, vegetarians, B, really big fish, not whales, or mm. C, more accurately described as dolphins? Hmm. I want to say that it's because they're closer to dolphins. So see. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Orca whales or killer whales are actually the largest species of dolphins. Whalers hey. used to call them the killers of whales, mm. which is maybe yeah. where the confusion comes from. Yeah. I'll tell you, Ophira, we just call them posers. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great that you have friends with so many other species. It's, we have I don't a believe lot of friends. it. There's not a lot to do under the ocean except uh, make friends and have a good time. <laughs> All right, we got a few more. Michael, you're up. All right, hit me. Baleen whales <laughs> are the best whales, and I should know because I am a baleen whale. What makes us so awesome? 
Is it A, baleen whales have bumpy fins to help them attract a mate? Is it B, because baleen whales have bristle-like structures in their mouth? Or is it C, because baleen whales are just really funny? (laughs) I mean, C, obviously, but it's baleen. This is like the one thing I know about whales, right? Oh, yeah. Let's go. They have like little reedy little teeth, and that's how they catch little algae and krill and stuff. And I read a lot of zoo books when I was a kid. That's the only thing I remember. And I should say, I I really do appreciate you saying that it's both B and C, because we we also are quite funny. I mean, obviously. (laughs) All right, Sarah, this is the last clue (laughs) of the game, and it's for you. This might be TMI, but we whales collect a lot of earwax. What makes our earwax special? What is it about that whale earwax? Is it that it makes an amazing whale-scented candle? Hmm. B is the main source of protein for krill, or C it can t- it can help you tell how old a whale is. These are all oh, disgusting. I bet they it's C, and I wonder if it's because it has rings like a tree. But C sounds right to me. C is the right answer. That is yeah. right, and not quite rings like a tree, but related. It's um it's layers. Cool. It's the layers. So I guess their earwax becomes lighter when it's feeding and darker when it's migrating. So then scientists can look at the different gradations really of the cool. earwax, which I know it is disgusting. It is disgusting. I mean, it's disgusting and- even to me, and we're talking about my earwax. So <laughs> I get it. I'm getting to the age where my ear hair is a good indication of the age that I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> uh, you guys did great. Thanks, Jonathan Grilton. Fantastic. Good game. Okay. Jonathan Colton is back. Yeah, I'm back. Ah, oh, fantastic. I hope oh, I didn't miss go? anything important. It was, there was a whole visit from a whale thing that happened. You're kidding me. But he'll yeah. be back, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope yeah so. we'll, we'll, we'll probably get him for another show. We'll have more with Michael and Sarah after the break. And from whales to lizards, we'll play Is It a Lizard? with documentary filmmakers Rachel Grady and Heidi Ewing. You'd have to be cold-blooded to miss this one. (laughs) I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Best Fiends. Not all heroes wear capes. Some wear spaghetti stains, courtesy of Baby's First Pasta Night. And if there's one thing everyday heroes like you deserve, it's a few minutes to yourself with no dishes or diapers in sight. So let your trusty sidekick hold down the fort tonight. You've got a date with a five-star rated mobile puzzle game. Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Big Potato Games, who make the award-winning party game Linky. Linky is a simple trivia game perfect for spending off-screen time with family and friends. Your mission is to work out the big link between the answers to four quirky questions and shout Linky before anyone else. This fun party game can be played with groups of all sizes and ages and also makes the perfect gift. Available at Amazon and Target Online. Gunsmoke. Grey's Anatomy. Choose me. Game of Thrones. You know nothing, Jon Snow. None of these shows would exist without one guy and his very famous wife. How Desi Arnaz invented television as we know it on NPR's Planet Money podcast. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and adding more salt and vanilla extract than the recipe calls for, because why not? I'm Jonathan Colton, and here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. I like an almond extract. Thanks, Jonathan. We're on the line with the hosts of the You're Wrong About podcast, Michael Hobbs and Sarah Marshall. Are you ready for another game? Yes. Always. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Okay, some movies get changed when they are distributed internationally uh, because they need to be more culturally relevant to the country they are being released in. So in this game, you are going to tell us the title of a film based on a description of what has changed once they had it in the international market. Okay. Sound easy enough? Yes. It sounds fun enough. All right. So you're going to go back and forth and compete yet again. Sarah, this is for you. In the Japanese version of this 2015 Pixar film, 
Riley and her disgust emotion are grossed out by green peppers instead of broccoli. Cool. Um, I feel like that has to be inside out. That is totally inside out. <laughs> I was going to make up a rule where I could steal, like I could hit a red button and just like take Sarah's point. This isn't family feud. <laughs> I know. I love that. Also, you're like, you have a red button. If you have a red button in your house yeah, by all that means. you would like to bring to this, yeah. I'm, I'm into it and you could steal. I think podcast host feud would be a good show. Yeah. Just, you know, throwing that out. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm positive it's been tried. It might be in development. <laughs> I don't know. I know. There's not that many podcasts out there. So <laughs> I know. It's true. Underrepresented. <laughs> all right, Michael, this is for you. In the Korean version of this 2014 Marvel film, Steve Rogers' list of things he needs to catch up on includes Old Boy and Dance Dance Revolution instead of I Love Lucy and Steve Jobs. Uh, Winter Soldier? It was yes. Captain America Winter Soldier, that's right. Mm. Yep. That, I think that's a good update. I think they should change that for all versions. I don't know how Steve Rogers would feel about Old Boy. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend that movie to him. <laughs> you know he's against swearing. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, it certainly relates to his experience to an extent. So yes. <laughs> All right, Sarah. For international releases of this 2012 film, Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner created a new opener with title cards and photos from 1865 to explain just what was going on in America at that time. Oh, cool. I'm sure a lot of Americans could have used that. Um, <laughs> You're so right. And I'm going to say it was Lincoln. Yeah, it was Lincoln. <laughs> they should, again, they should have just kept that for the American market. Yeah. I mean, also, I was just thinking, can you imagine Americans, I guess, watching a, a legislative drama about another country's... Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. No. No, yeah, like yeah. the passing of the poll tax under Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I don't see that being a big hit here. Exactly. That would actually be a good movie. So. <laughs> All right, this is the last question. It's for you, Michael. In the German version of this 1988 action film, Carl is named Charlie, Heinrich is Henry, and Hans Gruber is known as Jack Gruber. <laughs> it's got to be Die Hard. It's Die Hard. Yeah, that's right. Boom. Jack Gruber. Jack Gruber. Because yes. we know Alan Rickman came across totally German in that movie. Oh, yeah. Like, not what a, a, a British guy occasionally remembering to do a German accent a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> I don't know how what they did with Yippie-ki-yay, Yippie-ki-yay hair mover. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well done. I feel like uh, you pretty much nailed that one. That was uh, perfect. Perfect. You know your movies. You know your international markets. We know our whales. We know our underground mammals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michael Hobson, Sarah Marshall host the You're Wrong About podcast. Thank you so much. You can bay so lean much. on us anytime. You need to say <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. so I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, I've been saving go. that. I've been saving it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to these women. Heidi Ewing and Rachel Grady co-founded Loki Films, the studio behind the documentaries Jesus Camp, Freakonomics, the movie, and their new series Love Fraud is available on Showtime. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Heidi. Hello. Well, hello, Fiora and Jonathan. Hi. I watched and loved Love Fraud, <laughs> which uh, is a docuseries about a con man who seduces women and they fully uh, fall in love with him and then he basically drains their savings and has many women going on at the same time. And, you know, y your presence as your voice is in this series. We hear you asking questions to the guy at the end, the con man. We, we hear your voice trying to like sort of deal with things throughout that. That is a little unusual. We'd never done it before. We right. didn't want to do it. They well, made us do it. We've no <laughs> stop. Well, she, we also, she made us do it. She made us do it. We never. We have never chased a con man with a long lens around the United States before either. So this That's was a right. first. For <laughs> a us. lot of firsts. Um, a lot of firsts, and 
you know, basically after the first few weeks of filming, Heidi and I decided like we are going yeah. to help these women try to bring some justice because, you know, these are single moms that don't make a lot of money and they, they didn't have the resources or time or bandwidth to like get this guy to stop. And Heidi and I said, dang it. We got nothing else to do. We're his worst nightmare. And that's what happened. Uh, do you still, I know that at one point you tried, maybe attempted, maybe it's completed to do a documentary on your son's pet snake, Stripey? No, no, no. This is a leopard gecko. It's a leopard <laughs> gecko. A leopard gecko. Yes. Um, well, Heidi and I did try and make a short film. We did make a short film okay. about, about him. Uh, very short. It was a minute long. Uh, it was great. it was part of a uh, something called I don't know if you guys know what an exquisite corpse is. It's almost like playing a game of telephone. You get the last shot of what the person before you did. Awesome. And it's and it's supposed to inspire you. And the last shot was a snail. Was a snail. And I said, Heidi, this is Stripey's moment. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to Petco and we we shot a snail, and then from there we got the shopping for Stripey's food, which is disgusting. Which is crickets. And, yeah. and like it. it was just one of those things that when we got it for my son, who was six at the time, we didn't realize they live for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were hoping for a, like a couple? Two years. Uh, Great. Two is fine. <laughs> two is fine. 20 years. I, I was like, oh, no. And, and then. <laughs> oh, no. And then you, oh, no. But then you have to keep them. You can't. You need to model well. You can't just throw up pets because you realize that they're going to live. It's too much. I'm yeah. Glad you, I'm glad you said that out loud. Yeah. yeah. You, have, you cannot. But that you've just set up so beautifully. Thank you. Without even knowing it. Uh, the game we would like to play with you. Your okay. first game. Oh my because God, is Stripey, to... is Stripey about to bust out? Here's what's happening. You get to play America's favorite quiz show game. It's called, Is It a Lizard? Oh my God. That's right. See, this is what I expected. <laughs> Crickets. Your silence indicates so, your confusion. Right. We get it. So this is all it is. Uh, we are going to describe an animal, and you just have to tell us whether it is or is not a lizard. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. And then, okay. And Heidi and I are doing this together. No, we'll go back and forth. We'll okay. go back and forth. Got so it. you are okay. you are you're competing against each other. Are you, I mean, you work together all the time. Are you competitive? Uh, we're competitive against ourselves. We're very hard on ourselves, and oh, we yeah. kind of compete who can be <laughs> to themselves. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. Who can beat themselves up? And who who wins that? Is or does you trade uh, that w with that win? It's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough call. <laughs> She's Catholic okay. and I'm a Jew, so we're really like neck and neck. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. that's a good point. Both bring your expertise. Yeah, All right, exactly. Heidi, this this was for you. I'm going to describe this this thing, and you just have to say, is it a lizard or no? Okay. Every part of the common five-lined skink's name is accurate. It's commonly found through the eastern half of the U.S. It has five white or yellowish lines running the length of its body, and it's a skink. But is it a lizard? Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I think it's. I don't think it's a lizard. I'm sorry. It is a lizard. A skink. Oh, it is a lizard. And you know what? I'm going to say it looks like it, it does look very common. I know it's always insulting when they put that in a description. <laughs> I feel common. You're just oh, like, it's a, oh. it's a then, common skink? <laughs> it's a very common. You look at that and you're like, I've seen that around. <laughs> it's also, it's also extremely it's extremely basic, that particular skink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basic. That's too bad. But I'm going to start saying instead of like rats or damn, I'm going to start saying skink. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rachel. The black and white tegu is about four feet long with alternating dark and light stripes. Its high intelligence and ability to use a litter box made it a popular pet, but it has become an invasive species in Florida and Georgia. Is it a lizard? Um, I'm going to answer that, but the litter box thing is gross. Gross! <laughs> uh-huh, for sure. Su super gross. It's gross under the best circumstances. Um... It is indeed. Uh, I think it. I think it is. The answer is yes. You are correct. It is. It is indeed a lizard. That's right. 
All I gotta say is Georgia does not deserve invasive species. No. Agreed, agreed. They also, deserve better than that. Nobody should keep a lizard that Needs diapers. Yeah, I was just like, oh my, no, it's gross. All right, Heidi, how about this one? All right. Alligator gars. That's, those are, alligator gars look menacing with long snouts filled with needle-like teeth and heavily armored bodies. Not only are they voracious predators, gar eggs are highly toxic, which is one reason they have been around for millions of years. It's called an alligator but it is not an alligator. Is it a lizard? Hell no. <laughs> you are correct. It is not a lizard. <laughs> Hell no. It's, that's a, that's ain't no lizard. It's a fish. <laughs> really? Um, I have a question, though. How, how big are the eggs? Because aren't fish eggs like teeny weeny weensy weensies? Like caviar? Oh, they are fish egg sides. Oh, they are fish, fish egg oh, size. Got it, got it. So they are, oh. but they are very toxic. Do if anyone ever serves you alligator gar caviar, say <laughs> don't eh, eat it. It's I understand trick. what's going on here. <laughs> exactly. Say I got a line I need to sell you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, here's the last one, Rachel. Okay. Named for a legendary monster with a killing gaze, the basilisk has a distinctive high crest similar to a rooster's comb. It also has its own superpower, the ability to run across water by moving so fast, it traps pockets of air under its feet. Is it a lizard? 100%. You, you are correct. <laughs> Very confidently, you are correct. That yeah. is so That is so lizard-y, all of that. The Super lizard pockets, And it can run really fast and has a, mm-hmm. has a jowly rooster thing. I felt, totally good. I felt a good about that one. Yep, it yeah. has, because it walks on water, it has a nickname of the Jesus Christ lizard. Because when you <gasps> yeah. see it running you know. across the water, you're like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's, but that's the lizard they, uh, they always show, and like, that's, that's in the you know, beginning of like every nature promo. show. Yeah, right. that's right. David Attenborough always talks about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly! You both did great! Oh, I feel like we've learned a lot. Rachel, on that last one, when you were going through the traits, I felt like we were in your house just mm-hmm. talking about everyday observations you have. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is just like when lizards become part of your life. Yes. You, um, you, 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 you're, you're, you're one with them. And just you the, get a like, feel. I get a feel. Just as soon as you said the air pockets in the feet. I just, I just knew. I just knew in my heart. The lizard, the, the lizard literally does have a hole through his head, so you can you can see through it. And Amazing. It, yeah. So I'm always like, so so uh, you know, we've gotten some stuff out of it. But my my son was interested in stripey for about a day and a half. What's the, yeah. What's, so how long ago did you get the lizard? What are we looking at on the countdown clock at this point? Um, I, I have uh, like 17 and a half more years. Okay. All right. It's not bad. Not bad. That's just like, that's about as long as it would be if you had another baby right now. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> are you ready to play another game? Yeah. Already. Mm, okay. No. Okay. No, no, thank you. <laughs> no, this is, this is, you'll do great. You'll take turns answering these questions again. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to describe a geographical location that is also the name of a common object. Okay. Okay, okay so you're just going to tell us the name of the place or thing. Okay. I took a tour through Mexico's largest state and was literally hounded the entire time by some of the world's tiniest dogs. Rachel. <sighs> Chihuahua! That's right. Chihuahua. Oh my god, that Chihuahua. was so that was too easy. That was so no, damn easy. But also I I the dog I have is a Chihuini. I have a, a chi- Yes, I have a Chihuini, a Chihuini, which is half Chihuahua, half Dachshund, and they're called Chihuinis. Oh. So it has the oh long, goodness. gorgeous hot dog body and the head of a Chihuahua. So I'm a big Chihuahua fan. That sounds like a cute dog. That sounds like a very cute dog. All right, Heidi, for an extravagant prom night, fancy teens can travel to this French administrative region in this very long chauffeured car. Oh, limousine. Is that that French? A limousine? Limousine. Limousine. That's right. It is uh, named after the region in France because the hood of the car was thought to resemble the hooded cloaks of shepherds in the area. 
What? How I, what? what does that mean? I don't I, get that. It's because they, somebody saw the card and they were like, do you know what that reminds me of? Do you know those shepherds in France? <laughs> no, no, in limousine. And you know the hoods they wear? And somebody's like, yeah, it looks exactly like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, Rachel. This one's harder. Mm. Calling all horse girls. It's time to take a pilgrimage to the blue city of India, wearing your most fashionable riding breeches. Jod purse. Yes. Jod purse. Look at you. Nice. Good girl. This might be. I might be a a a game person. Something's happening. (laughs) I've literally never won anything in my my life. This is it, it's, this feels different, well, Heidi. I like look, it. I don't, tell you we, something. I don't think we win anything, though. No, there's no winning no, on NPR. There's no, no, no winning. Emotionally, emotionally. Oh, yes, yes. I don't need stuff. <laughs> All right, Heidi, this is the last one. Oh, okay. This is the last one. It's for you. When I ate a spoonful of ground hot red pepper, it was so spicy that I hallucinated and thought I had been transported to this capital of French Guyana. Cayenne? This is Cayenne is correct. That is correct. Yeah. Well done. Two hard ones. Nice. You, you guys both uh, both came through. Fantastic. Oh, my God. We've actually <laughs> studied a globe a couple times in life. We got a, <laughs> yeah. We got 100%. You did. I, I do <laughs> like this little fact, though, about Cayenne. The word comes from the, from the indigenous Brazilian Tupi language where it means pepper. So when we say Cayenne pepper, we're just saying pepper, pepper. Pepper, like <laughs> idiots. Like, like pepper, idiots. pepper squared. Like <laughs> idiots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just love that. Okay, excellent. Hey, thanks, guys. Yes. This was fun. fun. Heidi Ewing's first narrative feature, I Carry You With Me, is coming this spring. And the docuseries she made with Rachel Grady, Love Fraud, is available now on Showtime. Coming up, comedian Michelle Buteau is here for some real talk about parenting, and she'll play a music parody about stuff from the Netherlands. You only get that kind of content here, people. I'm Ophira Eisberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Warby Parker. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. Ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com ask. Support for NPR and the following message come from BetterHelp, offering online counseling. BetterHelp therapist Hesu Joe knows that lockdown has been hard on us as humans. We as people are hardwired to connect with others, which is why this whole time is so difficult. The connection that happens between people can be very powerful and how healing it can be to have a healthy relationship with someone. To get matched with a counselor within 48 hours and save 10%, go to BetterHelp.com ask. How do we reinvent ourselves? And what's the secret to living longer? I'm Anoush Zamarodi. Each week on NPR's TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey with TED speakers to seek a deeper understanding of the world and to figure out new ways to think and create. Listen now. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hey, it's time to welcome our special guest. She's a actor, comic, podcast host. Her new book is called Survival of the Thickest, and her latest Netflix special is called Welcome to Butopia. It is Michelle Buteau. Hello! Hey, girl, hey! <laughs> First of all, congratulations, front cover of Parents Magazine. I thought that was so cool. You are holding your babies, Otis and Hazel. Yes. And, but I just out of curiosity, just for fun, they don't like, they weren't like, hey, can I powder Hazel's forehead? (laughs) That is so funny. No, they want to do their hair though. And I was like, look, it does what I do. So good luck. They want to do their hair? 
But um, yeah, and even when we were trying to like wrangle them, because, you know, twins that can start to walk, you just feel like you're in a dryer with baby limbs. You're like, okay, did you get it? (laughs) And then there was this this amazing baby wrangler. I forget her name, but she's the best in the business. And that's how they introduced her. And she had like, she had like toys in her bra and she had like a little, and she'd like take the little joker out and be like, ah! And the kids were like, what? She's like, go! And we're like, ah! And it was like so wild. Like I was being wrangled at the same time. And uh, I said, how are we going to do this? This is so hard for us to get a picture. And they're like, oh, we'll definitely superimpose the best picture, their best faces on their body. And I was like, whoa. I know. Right. I'm like, do it for me too. <laughs> you know, it's also a year ago, right now, you were hosting a show at The Circle. Yeah. Which was a social experiment show where the contestants were isolated from each other. Yeah. Uh, and could only interact through the internet. A novel concept. <laughs> I'm telling you, talk about being ahead of your time. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, we actually, it actually dropped January 1st, 2020, which yeah. feels like 37 years ago. Absolutely. And, um, we just shot season two oh. safely in England, which is really, obviously that's like the great thing about the show is that we could shoot it safely because we are in quarantine. Yeah. Right. But also I just thought it was so important because, um, you know, whether you like social media or not, you have to engage with it somehow. And oh, yeah. um, what does your profile picture say about you? Are you giving out too much information or or not enough? Um, um, why do people catfish? Um, and at the end of it, a lot of them are like, because no one really likes the real me. And that is so sad and important to talk about. So, you know, on paper, when I first read about the circle, I'm just like, competition and you can catfish people absolutely not sir rude (laughs) and then i watched the british version i was just like this is so cool man this is like really fun and entertaining and so i'm just glad to be a part of it um and so you know and you're no stranger obviously to the podcast radio show world because in 2019 you hosted on wnyc adulting where you would bring on guests and tackle topics uh that were fun like is a pet turtle too much of a responsibility (laughs) which is funny thinking about right now in hindsight specifically for you because you are doing the most adulting of all time yeah it's it's crazy. It's almost like I, I I did adulting with friend my friend Jordan Carlos, who you know and yeah. I love. And he told me, you know, when you become a parent, you have to parent yourself. And I didn't know what he meant. I mm. thought he just meant like fold your laundry. But I'm like, oh, you really have to check yourself all the time because you're an example for better or for worse for these young minds. And it's like, okay, what are we gonna do about this? You know, um, the biggest thing that happened for me was um, not getting my kids baptized because my family is very Catholic. My uncle uh, is the Archbishop of Jamaica. And so when I picked the, yeah, I had to get them baptized because I'm the only child and my mom's like, don't disappoint me. And (laughs) I still fold like a beach chair, like when she brings that up. And so I picked really good friends to be godparents and two of the godmothers, uh, both godmothers are gay. And, uh, you know, when I told my mom and they met the family, they were like, oh, this is, they're great, but they can't stand um, at the altar because um, the church doesn't recognize homosexuality. I was like, it's legal. And they're like, but not in the church. And I'm like, but they were straight when I met them 20 years ago. Is there a loophole? <laughs> and I was just like, you guys, come on. Like, these are my friends. This is my chosen family. And so it was such a big moment for me in my 40s, working so hard to be a parent to finally put my nine and a half foot down and be like, I can't get these kids baptized because, you know, my friends are enough. They're always enough, no matter who they are, what they are. And I I can't be that example for um, my kids. How did I get onto this? No, you know that's, what? Uh, no, it's so, but wait a second. Just add, <laughs> too so, real, there's ha- too much realness. I know. I know, I know. I was just like, I should definitely <laughs> save this for my therapy session later. <laughs> But t- so, how did your family react? Where they were like, "We we will revisit." Is it is your is it the kind of thing where then it just goes unspoken? Yeah, it, it's uh, definitely unspoken, but it's always there. Yeah, which sucks because yeah. you know I'm I'm waiting for it to be a thing, 
Yeah, I call that the simmer, the family yes. simmer. Let's just have yes. it simmer. How long? Ten years? I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> but, you know, that thing, the, the parenting word that I didn't know before is modeling. Like, you're always modeling for your kid, which, yeah, I feel like it pushes every button. Because all of a sudden, uh, as soon as my child repeats something back to me in the tone and the words that I'm using, I'm like, wow, that is wildly inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm always so impressed that they use like a curse word correctly. I'm like, well, yes, then you get it. I'm yeah, not worried about a, you. It is a source of no small amount of pride is when, you, when your child can curse in a grammatical way. That's very satisfying. Yes, I think so. That actually happened to me is that uh, my kid did curse at school and we got a call. And luckily the teacher was cool and said, well, I got to say it was the right context. <laughs> Look, (laughs) look, I love that. On top of everything else, you have a new book, a memoir that came out in December, Survival of the Thickest. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Uh, You were writing this for how long? How long were you putting this together? Oh, girl, that's so crazy. You know, (laughs) I've had this idea for like six years, but it kind of didn't go anywhere because it was originally supposed to be called Maintaining Chunky, a thick girl's guide to not getting fat, dot, 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 or skinny. (laughs) But I just felt like a very lazy Jillian Michaels where I'm just like, work out if you want, but also who cares? And I couldn't get past (laughs) like 20 pages for like six years. And then when I started podcasting and like just telling these like kind of crazy stories that didn't fit into the stand-up world. And then uh, Simon and Shushu were like, we love the podcast. Can you just write a bunch of essays? I said, I could do that. Yeah. I can do that. And I just started writing. It was it, it was a lot. I'm not going to lie. I thought that, I oh, I'd, I'll bring the twins home and I'll have time to write when they're sleeping. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I know. And then I was like, you know, I'll just take the twins to like Mallorca with a nanny and then I'll just like write in the cool Mediterranean breeze while eating a paella in between. What? (laughs) Cut to me on the subway with one finger trying to type. Girl, it was a mess. In the bathroom on my phone, a computer. In closets. Yeah. I've done a lot of work sitting with my back against my tub. Yeah, Yeah, that's how John Mayer writes all his songs. Really? And sitting on (laughs) the floor of his bathroom? Ask Jessica Simpson. You know? Hey, y'all! <laughs> Too soon! Uh, so, okay, so your your husband that you also talk about in your book, he's Dutch. Very. Do you speak Dutch? Have you picked up any Dutch? You know, it's freaking bitch in the Netherlands. Okay. I have yeah. a hype it. I don't really, you know. I can do this. I, I can do gegade to me. That's what yeah, who had it, yeah. 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 What, is, what is that? What does that mean? It's just hi. How, how are, are you? you? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you like that salty black licorice? What's his name? <laughs> hey, yo! Mom jokes. Oh, Actually, I don't like licorice. I have no. It's sort of like people with cilantro. I do love oh. the coriander. But I can't do licorice. It just makes me fold like a fitted sheet. How many times can she fold? We'll figure it out. Many, many times. And you put the corners in together. Okay. (laughs) Michelle, are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? I hope so. I have my good exercise bra on. (laughs) Good. Yeah, it is a workout. Your husband was born in the Netherlands, so you kind of know about some Dutch stuff. Yeah. Strap in. Jonathan Colton is going to lead this game. In a game we called Holland Opus. <laughs> we have changed the lyrics to Van Halen songs Ooh. to make them about famous things developed in or associated with the Netherlands. Oof. This makes no sense. Why did we do this? Because <laughs> Eddie and Alex Van Halen were born there. Aww. So to earn the point, all you have to do is name the thing that I'm singing about or the Van Halen song that I'm parodying. Oh of course, my goodness. I'm going to be doing these Van Halen songs in the way they were intended on an acoustic guitar. Uh, of course. <laughs> if you don't know either of those things, you can just explain to us the difference between Holland and the Netherlands. Okay. Okay, here we go. Old world was ca- Oh, wow. wow, it's high. That's the problem with Van Halen. It's very high. Here we go. <laughs> it is. Old world was captured and under its spell. Those bulbs, they cost a lot. A bright bulb flower that's shaped like a bell. 
until the bubble popped. Okay, I have. I want to say you're talking about tulips. I am talking about tulips. Yeah. Do you know tulips were originally um, Turkish and um, a bunch of really? kings loved them? And then they're like, bring them over here. And they became a national product. And one tulip actually cost a whole servant's year, uh, a, a year of a servant's pay. How yeah. gross. That's yep. right. Okay. The, the famous uh, tulip mania. And uh, there was, it was actually one of the first uh, examples of, a, of, a, of an investment uh, bubble, a market collapsing. It happened mm-hmm. in 1637. Michelle, did you know the name of that song that I played? No, boo. I most certainly did not. <laughs> it was called I'll Wait. Oh, okay. All right, here's the next one. My shoes, they are made of poplar. My shoes, they cover my whole foot. My shoes, they are safety rated. These are my wooden shoes. Yellow with red leaves. I mean, you're talking about a clog, right? I'm talking about mm-hmm. clogs. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, my sister-in-law um, raises horses, um, and so she lives on a farm. And so I was always like, "What's up with the clogs?" And she, and I, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but she was like, "Oh, we wear clogs because when you're farming and a cow or a horse steps on your foot, you don't want your foot to break, and that's why we have clogs." And they just sort of like taken off. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That makes tons of sense. It's sort of like a hard hat for your feet. Yeah. <laughs> because when you go to farms, because when she turned 40, we all, we all went to a bed and breakfast called the Cow and Chandelier Farm because it was a cow farm and they love chandeliers. And you could milk cows <laughs> to a sh- like under a chandelier. No way. You can't, you can't make this up and why would I? And right. so they, they pass out little clogs before you go into the... The farm, and so God, this is. I can't. Who am I? It's okay. the best. This is the best. I, no, like, I love this. This is like. I mean, trust me. If there was a bar down the street in Brooklyn called Cows and Chandeliers, there is no true. way that would not be just packed twenty four seven. And I also love that you're like. I actually have a story related to uh, <laughs> <laughs> two wooden shoes and getting stepped on by cows, and oh, yeah. also involves chandeliers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Michelle, do you know the name of the song that I was just singing? Oh, I don't. I yeah. recognize the song, but I was like, I have was, to think of one thing at a time. That was right now. Is the name of the song? Oh, okay. I was yeah. like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Here's another one. Is impossible the object that I see the crazy stairway in relativity drawing hands drawing hands drawing hands and tessellations those lithographic hands and tessellations Graphic hands? Lithographic hands. Is it lithograph? Uh, like a, a hand drawing itself? A lot oh, of, uh, no, I don't know. Images you know with stairways, staircases, upside down staircases uh, as an artist. Uh, is it Van Gogh? No. no. Is I, love it? I love the way you said that. Oh. <laughs> I know. That's a, that's a flex. That's that a flex right there. No, we're looking for M.C. Escher. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. Well, I'm that's not that all right. cool. How about the that name is, of this? You guys are making this hard. I like it. <laughs> How about this song? Do you know the song? No, girl. It was hot for teacher. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, here's another one. Okay. Just like Pete Townsend plays guitar in movie air, I am a spinning machine. For centuries I have been. Okay, windmill. I got that. Windmill. Yeah. It was so hard to get that because I love that song, which I can't remember the name of. It is called Jump. It gets exciting. Yes. It's a song about jumping. Everyone yes. likes it. Oh, everyone loves everyone that. Likes jumping. I know. <laughs> and doing a split while you jump. It's just like, who are we? With a scarf. I know. Yes. He was something else. <laughs> Greatest front man ever. So good. Uh, okay, this is the last one. 
it's got yeast and hops So tell me why it tastes like skunk The bottle's green Oh yeah, that's why it tastes like skunk Oh, Heineken? Heineken, yeah. that is right. Founded in the <laughs> Netherlands so in the 1800s. Why, why does everyone think that Heineken is German? It's so annoying. I know. Also, I prefer, not that we're going to need to talk about it, I love a good Belgian beer. I love a good beer with mm. a higher alcohol content, so I'm not wasting my calories. I'm doing what I got to do right away. Give me that soft Bavarian pretzel <laughs> with that cold leffa. Sign me up. Let's yeah. say a prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Amen. Amen. Yes. I, I, I appreciate. Hallelujah. Yeah. Michelle, <laughs> I have to ask, did you know the name of that song that I played? Girl, you know I didn't know <laughs> that <laughs> okay. song. Oh, good. I'm glad I asked anyway. It was called Why Can't This Be Love. Oh, I thought it was Body Yaddy Yaddy by Meg Thee Stallion. Thank <laughs> There's you that so one much. Too. <laughs> they sound similar. <laughs> Thank you so much. Michelle Buteau's new book is called Survival of the Thickest and her latest Netflix special. Welcome to Butopia is out now. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Now I want beer. (laughs) (laughs) That's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by our staff, along with Julia Melfi, Scott Ross, and senior writers Camilla Franklin and Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kara Weinberger. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Nancy Seychow, James Farber, Rimmel Wood, and our intern Sophie hernandez Simeonithas. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our boss's bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. Thanks to our production partner, WNYC. I'm Haripe Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, you're still listening. Fantastic. So since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We'd love to hear from you, and it also helps others find out about our show. For information about new episodes, bonus videos, and more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks! Next time on Ask Me Another, actor Ken Jeong talks about his early days trying to balance being a doctor and a stand-up comic. Then we challenge him to a music parody game that combines his love of 1990s music with things that actually happened in the 1890s, 1790s, 1690s, and more. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.